All right, welcome back to this episode of Dance Business Daily. I have such an awesome, awesome guy, and he's going to become, I think, a, probably a, a recurring guest on this show because he's got so much value to offer to dance studio owners in really literally every aspect of running your business. So I'm chatting with Brian B. coming up next. This is Dance Business Daily, a daily podcast where you can always find real talk with real studio owners, where we'll share best practices, success stories, and actionable insights so we can all get a little bit better together. I'm Bryce Conlon, and I'll be your guide. Welcome to the show, and let's get into it. All right, so you know and I know that running a dance studio is not the easiest business in the world, but my guest today, Brian B., awesome, awesome studio owner. He has done some really amazing work with his studio. He helps other studios and really just other businesses figure out how to um, systematize their processes to gain a little bit of freedom. And we're going to talk about that today. But first, Brian, welcome to the show. What's up, Bryce? Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to chat. I love what you guys are doing. Love, love this. <laughs> love the format. Love all of it. I'm really excited. I'm not going to lie because you were one of the first people when Christian and I decided... Yeah to make the decision to kind of gear down, niche down and say, we're going to do dance only marketing. First of all, a lot of people thought that we we're absolutely crazy because they were like, why would you do that? There's so many other industries and niches that you could play in. Um, B, we're not dancers ourselves. So we felt a, like a little bit like imposters in the space, but you are one of the first people that we met and uh, talked to, and you really encouraged us on this journey. I don't even know if you know this, but you encouraged us on this journey and helped us to realize that there's a lot of, A, studios out there who really do need help, studio owners who are just drowning in their businesses, and B, there are ways to systematize it so it doesn't have to crush you. And you were one of the first that we had seen do that. Yeah, so, I, am a, I am a case study pre-you of, of how this stuff can work for sure. And I love that you guys are doing this because I've helped consult with some studios, but it's not my main thing, right? Because I'm still in the dance business full-time. And so the work that you guys are doing is really awesome because it, it's something that needs to be done. And I wish that I had access to it, you know, seven, eight years ago, I guess eight years ago now. Um, so congrats on what you're doing and I'm excited to share. Awesome. Well, let's start at the beginning. So you are, you're a studio owner today, but that's not how you got into dance. Tell us a little bit about no, your yeah, dance background. So yeah, country dance is sort of known for. I was elected to the Country Dance Hall of Fame back in 2017. And um, I walked in a country bar in 1996, 97, and uh, got addicted to, to dancing and started competing and traveling. And so I kind of became a full-time dancer in about 2000. So at uh, about 2005, we opened the studio because I figured I didn't want to be a starving artist forever. And I thought it was you know age appropriate to travel the country and make no money in my 20s, but it was probably age appropriate to act like an adult and uh, you know handle some business. So we opened the studio in 2005 and um, I did it on a shoestring budget because I was a dancer and I didn't have a ton of money and I just wanted to do this because I loved it. And I was stoked not to have a real job. And the studio <laughs> worked well for about a decade, but you know, as I got close to 40, um, the moment for me was I had back surgery. I had a, a bunch of troubles for a year and I missed nine weeks of work. And then I ended up um, in back, I had back surgery. And so my mortality as the business owner and lead teacher was flat in my face, right? And to be quite frank, I was going broke. Um, and I don't share the story too often, but it's the classic, like literally was in my house for weeks, 
pre and post surgery and selling things, you know, on Craigslist to pay the bills, quite frankly. Oh, wow. um, and during that time, there was a phone call that came in and the call went like this. Hey, Brian, I don't know you and you don't know me. And I literally went to my back door and went like, who is creeping me out? Right. And he says, hey, I saw an article in a local business journal about your dance studio. And I know that you're always trying to find customers and I help businesses grow without advertising. And I said, yeah, great to talk to you, but you know, I'm going broke. I can't hire you. So I get healthy and uh, go back to work. And then one day I decide this guy is kind of gone for a couple of weeks out of my mind, but I decide that I'm probably going to go to the bank and borrow money so I can, you know, do some sort of advertising mailer because I needed to grow my business. Cause that's how you do and, it. When you need to grow a business is you in your dance studio, you go and get a mailer. Yeah. And that, that's, that's, I thought right. like, oh, that's a lot of money. I don't even have the money. So I'll go to the bank and ask for the money. And I'm on the way to the bank. I stop at the post office and who do I see? But Bradley um, from Reset Strategies and he goes, hey, Brian, what are you doing? I said, wow. I'm going to the bank to borrow money to hire you. And it was that moment of fate. Um, and so I ended up hiring them as consultants and they helped me understand all the nuts and bolts of running a business, lifetime customer value and systems and all that stuff. And that started a process that let us over the next five years grow our business to over a million dollars. Um, and that's not just the dance studio, right? Because as I freed up my time, I was able to focus on running events and we ended up doing dance cruises and we built a membership site and the membership site revenue got us through the pandemic. And, um, you know, we're not near a million dollars a year revenue now, but that fateful moment and getting all the business practices freed up my time. Um, I still teach, um, but it freed up my time to focus on growing and running the business and providing more opportunities, um, for other teachers, other dancers, and it's been a pretty magical process. So I love, what I love about your story, first of all, is that you're just being honest about it, right? You're not you know, candy coating it, you're being very specific with you know, the processes, the numbers, the things that you focused on. But you, your story is, you, it, it's so unique to you, but it's also so common. Like it's the one that we hear again and again and again. Very. It's the, I love what I do. I started it. I started a studio because I am a dancer. I love dance. It did so much for me personally. I want to pass this on. And you're like, oh, bravo. That's so nice. And then it's, but I can't make it. Uh, we can't pay the bills. I'm behind on my rent. I haven't taken a salary yep. since February of 2020, time. right? Um, yep. in, in, you know, in the 80 hour a week thing is not a joke for most studio owners. Like nope. you can't turn it off. It doesn't end. It's, there is no downtime. Nope. And one of the things I think people need to, I mean, if you're watching this, you're already separated yourself from the pack, right? Because you're already looking for more information. You need to fall in love with business and fall in love with making money. And, I'll, and I, sometimes I say things direct because I want them to stick because the great thing about this business is the only way we make money is to have happy dancers. And you as a studio owner are like the most addicted dancer in your studio because you built a whole business around your passion. And once I understood that the more happy dancers I have and the better job I do at running the business, that's how I make more money. And so the scorecard is actually the bank account, right? Because if mm -hmm. it's healthy, then that means that everything else is working. And we'll talk through some of the things that I learned and implemented and, and still use to this day. Um, but falling in love with that process, it's not creepy. It's not creepy. You love dancing more than anyone. And um, so falling in love with those businesses, business processes and understanding that stuff is 
your way to actually expose dancing to more people. And then financially, um, you'll do better as well, which never hurts. No, it doesn't. I heard uh, years ago, and it's one of those things, you know, you hear uh, an axiom or a quote, and it's just like, it gets lodged in your brain. And I heard years ago that um, dollars are just certificates of appreciation that your customers give to you, right? Yeah. And that's the idea. Like, if I create a great environment and provide something of value, then you're just going to give me these these certificates of uh, appreciation that I can now go and exchange for things that I'm appreciative for. And it's a big struggle. Like if anyone else is like me, you know, all of my friends and dance teachers struggle with me uh, raising my rates, right? And valuing my time. And as much as I preach about that now, I had a struggle. I'm over it now, right? Like each time you raise your rate and kind of you feel like you want to help people. And I found out that you actually help them more by just doing a good job and then charging a rate that's that's uh that's reflective of that um but it's a big mental struggle to get over and a lot of people merit included who you work with encourage me to you know change that mindset so there is a limiting belief right business is not bad and you should try to make money because that only works because you have happy dancers um so there's some limiting beliefs we have to get over to get ready to start to learn this stuff so let's talk let's talk a little bit about that right because this this idea that it's tough, I guess. It's tough to start to work on your brain, to read the the self help books, to go and yeah. do the you know awaken the giant within the Tony Robbins like rah rah you know. In the moments of your decision, moments of decision, your destiny will be shaped. Yeah, yeah, but it's tough to do that when you feel like you're under the gun, when you're yeah. when you're in crisis mode, when you're working those eighty hours, when you're not sure where that next paycheck is going to come from, um, when you've your business has been decimated by a global pandemic that nobody saw coming. Yeah. Um, what would you say to studio owners who are like, that sounds really good, but how do I get off the hamster wheel to begin that process? Well, I mean, at least having someone in your corner, right? And so for me, the very first one was a consultant that I actually paid, right? And I literally, you know, didn't care if I ate ramen noodles, I was going to pay that guy and learn everything I could. Um, but in later years, it's creating a team of people, like mm -hmm. even your ecosphere mm -hmm. that you're putting together to be in a Facebook group and watching podcasts with like-minded people to realize you're not alone. Um, but ultimately finding like a team of people. And to this day, my team exists of some, you know, peers and dancing and some family members and some friends that just know my personality. And so I can use them to kind of reflect back and they can kind of keep me on track. In fact, a good question to ask is, ask people close to you, what are three things you'd like to see me do less of and three things you'd like to see me do more of? And That's the thing question. that came back when I asked that question was more stuff like this, more teaching in, in this format, not and less dance teaching. My friends are telling me to teach dance less because I could be more impactful by running the business. Um, you know, as we speak, I have a new teacher that's in the studio and he's like the new Brian B. He's 20 years old and he's talented and he just wants to dance and he loves it. And it's like, there wasn't a place for him when I was in the business, but as I've moved away, I've replaced me with a viable person and helped grow the whole thing. And I'm sitting here with you continuing to grow, you know, the dance industry as a whole. I love it. Let, but, let's, let's talk a little bit about what you just said. It's this really important principle. And it's funny because this is the second, it just happens to be the second conversation that I'm having today about the importance of working yourself out of a job and delegation because it seems like the deeper we go down the rabbit hole that becomes the linchpin that either ensures success 
or is the limiting factor on your studio's growth? Because if you insist yeah. on doing everything yourself, you only have so many hours, you only have so much time, uh, only so many things that you're even good at, like that you should be doing. And going back to that, like getting help, there was a guy and I did martial arts for a number of years and there was a guy who was very successful, ran a studio down at a studio, uh, not a dojo, a gym a dojo. down yeah. in Florida. And he was an instructor and a fighter. And over the, I watched him over the course of years and he grew a business and he started doing information products and stuff. And I literally cold called him and I said, you don't know me. I would love to pick your brain for an hour. You know, there's a guy who probably charged hundreds of dollars an hour for his time. And in a phone conversation, he, there's a couple of gems in that, but one of them, he's like, look, as I'm talking to you, I'm cleaning out the refrigerator in my uh, break room. And he goes, I just found a hair in here. And he goes, now, if I cleaned it, there would be no hair. But he goes, before I had my employee clean it, it was gross and moldy and disgusting. He's like, that guy did it like 95% as well as I would. If I did, it'd be 100%. But he's like, but because I have someone that's taking care of that, I'm free now to talk to you. And so don't let the 87% that someone else is going to do um, stand in the way of you removing yourself from that position and working on the higher level tactics. So that's um, so. So how do you make that? Because this is a mental shift, right? Like. Met when you're when you're running a business and it's your baby and it's your thing yep. and your name's on the building or on the door right and your reputation it feels very serious it feels like yep oh my god you found a hair in the refrigerator in the yeah. break room yep. unbelievable unacceptable and, and, even right and i've had to fight this because my my mom actually has worked for me for about 8 years or so and so my mom has always pressured me she's she's a mom right and she's proud of her son and She's like, yeah, you should be teaching that class. You'd be better at that. And we have this outside mm -hmm. gig and, and, you know, these people could be good customers. You should be doing that. And I had to argue even internally with her. I said, yes, I would probably do a better job at that. I'm a little bit more experienced. But if I can give that to a great teacher anyways, maybe they're going to do 90% as well as I would. But that frees me up to work on other things. Um, and it's a big mental shift. You know, Thursday night's our big night. We have multiple classes and a dance. And when I stopped showing up to the studio on a Thursday night, it was like an, a mini revolt, you know, like <laughs> almost like I was being lazy and I felt guilty. But while I was home, I was working on an online business uh, for dance lessons online that years later got us through the pandemic, you know, in, in, a, in a solid way. And if I had been stuck in that class, I would have never put the time and effort on Thursday nights. And by the way, because I was gone and the studio was hopping on Thursday night, I was completely free. I didn't have anyone calling me and asking me anything. I didn't have any students reaching out. The studio was humming, maybe 95% as well as if I was there, but it was humming and I was working and growing the business. But it was I felt guilty for a while and now I look forward to it. But um, yeah, so it's normal, but you, you really, if you're going to be respectful of your business, that's the that's the way we need to move as business owners. Yeah. So again, it's it's amazing to me the parallels because um, Lydia, who we I, I actually had, it, it was really odd. Brian and I got our times our, our calendars yeah. mixed up, and so we were uh, not supposed to talk today. It's <laughs> it's all good. My fault. It's all good. Well, it doesn't matter. Good conversation always welcome, right? Um, and so you actually had the opportunity to meet my last guest, Lydia Woodward, um, mm -hmm. from Southern Indiana dance company 
Sorry, I need to make sure I got that right. That Lydia had the same experience. She's made the same mental shift where she she's saying, I, I see myself as the CEO of a business. Yeah. And I asked her, what changed for you? And she said, one day I woke up and realized that a dance business is a real business. It's not a hobby. It's a business. And it should be treated as such. And real businesses have real leaders who yep. make real decisions about things. And But she yep. said the same darn thing. That she yeah. felt she felt guilty taking like when she was sitting back for the first time, kind of like doing the strategic planning and thinking about the future of the business where she wasn't actually like in it, doing it. She said the same thing. She said she felt guilty. And I've had that experience as a small business owner as well. It's wild how just we're all on the same trajectory. It's just this is 100%. the growth, people. This is the path. A hundred percent. And of the studios that I've consulted with over the years, like the 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 change in the owner when they pull themselves free, because then you get to work on what you like. You know, I had a gal that I worked with in Florida and seven days a week, you know, if she wasn't there, things weren't working. And <laughs> after working together for several months, she systemized things. She untied things. She had the same struggle. She's like, you know, if I get the new student, they always turn into a regular customer. But if this person gets the student they're you know, it doesn't convert the same way. And I said, yeah, but if you did that with all of your teachers, you'd have more students in general. So she did. She worked harder than anyone I've ever seen. Three months. Uh, I don't want to use a phrase that's coming to mind. Three months, full tilt. That's a better way to say that's it. That's a better way to say um, it. <laughs> three months, full tilt. Um, increased, doubled her business, almost doubled her business. And But then she was free and she wanted to work on studio showcases and and do them in cool things. She did one in an airport hangar with like old airplanes and they themed it. And like, that's what she loved to do. And she was free to work on that while her studio was doing better and she was making more money. Um, and she has kids and all that stuff. And um, yeah, so it was, it was cool to see. Like, I don't know, for me, I love to continue to grow the business and find new avenues. That's what, I'm an artist at heart. I like to create. Um, but for her, she liked to plan and do those things. And, you know, emptying the trash on a Sunday is was not allowing her to do that. You know, I I can appreciate what you just said about being an artist at heart. I can appreciate also as an entrepreneur myself, recognition. And it's worth saying, like actually verbalizing. This is going to sound really dumb to anybody listening because it's like, well, yeah, duh. But we lose sight of it, I think, in the day-to-day. -day. But as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, we have a distinctive, I guess, opportunity to create yep. a life for ourselves that we actually like, yep. right? And so I tell people all the time, and I joke about it often, it's like, listen, if you're not happy with your job, then your boss, you know, you've got a really bad boss. And they're like, I work yeah. for myself. I'm like, right, it, like, yeah. you still have yeah. a really bad boss. It just yeah. happens to be you. And I say this for people who work for us. I was like, look, I, we do this job because we love it. I said, but I don't want to be a slave to it like anything else, right? Because I, I, that's why I didn't have a desk job. That felt like I was tied to something. And so I tell them all the time in staff meetings, I said, you know, this place is going to work for us. Meaning the end of this month, we're closing down, like literally just closing for eight days and everyone's going on vacation. And we're just closing everything down. You know, what about the class? What about this? Eh, it's good for our mental health. Everyone's looking forward to a That's week awesome. off. And does that hurt in revenue? Yeah. But 
does it make us like work harder now and be excited and refreshed when we get back? Yes. So in that respect, like the business works for us. You know, I, I don't like to make people work days they don't want to work. Um, so we start with what we want to do and what fires us up the most. And when we put people in those areas, like we've got people on the team that are very task oriented, you know, they're not creative. They don't, they just want tasks. And so those people get task oriented things. And I've got other people that like to theme, theme everything. Everything's a party and a plan and themed. And I don't like that, but I've got someone that I just trick her into thinking that there's a theme to this. And then (laughs) she takes on the project and grows it. Um, So creating that culture shift of doing what you love in the business. Um, And if it's teaching, great, then you might need to actually do the reverse. You might need to hire someone to do this stuff for your business. Um, I know a good friend that is kind of in that, in that vein, like, and she's looking for someone to run the day-to-day operations of her business, run the business while she does the teaching and stuff that she likes to do. That's uh, I, what I'm like, just hearing again and again and again, if I can distill it down for, you know, for those listening is bottom line is it's your business. You get to design what it looks like for you. But step number one is recognizing that it's a business, that it's actually yeah. a business. It's, it's, it's a revenue <clears throat> opportunity. It's no different than if you were in consulting, if you are manufacturing a, a widget, you're, you, it, all the same stuff counts. Cash coming in has to be more than cash going out. That's a business yep. principle. You have yep. to build a culture in the same way that corporate America talks about building culture. You got to build a culture for your studio. And put well, some and it's funny that, it. that the conversation has gone this direction because like I have all these notes of some ideas to share with people, right? Like nuts and bolts. But I also on a separate sticky right here have something a note to remind myself to mention limiting beliefs, because if you can't, you know, I, I had kind of a consulting day with a friend um, that's loosely related to the dance business yesterday. And I was cognizant anytime he said, well, yeah, that won't work. Yeah. But, and you know, I know what people are thinking. Yeah. But that doesn't work in my market. Yeah. My customers won't pay that Yeah, Nope. Nope. <laughs> like I, I you, Brian, you should raise your prices. You're too cheap. No, my customers won't won't do that. Let me tell you what happened when I raised my prices. I did done it three times in the last eight years. First time I did it, I had some grumpy people. That was the worst time. Second time raising my rates, people bought me gifts. I had a couple of students that bought me gifts. They said, you know, we really appreciate you taking the time to teach us. We really appreciate everything you've done with the studio. They could see us reinvesting in the studio and and, and growing things for them, um, and so they were more appreciative. And the third time we did it. Um, we had to change our lesson times and we raised our rates a little bit because we had, um, fortunately coming out of the pandemic, we'd lost a couple of teachers. And so the teachers we had were stretched for time. And so we basically ended up with a raise for them, um, by shortening the lesson time. So we're able to fit in more lessons, which kind of comes back to the more happy dancers. You know, our teachers were booked solid. And if we didn't change our lesson times from an hour to 45 minutes, which in essence raises the rate. Um, we wouldn't have had the, um, the spots on the schedule to fit more people in. So we have more happy dancers making more money. Teachers are making more money, more dancers, more happy people. Um, yeah. So, but it all kind of comes back to that limiting belief that you can. And if you find yourself ever saying, you know, yeah, but my customers wouldn't do that or that works in your market Bryce, but it doesn't work here. Nope, 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 nope. Like they sell Starbucks 
everywhere. You know, coffee, yeah. which is way too expensive, everywhere. <laughs> Burned. <laughs> I don't like it. Everywhere. Yeah. I'll tell you what, the, the you know, the, the biggest thing that I'm taking away from this conversation, if we can boil it all down, because I'm trying to put myself in the position of our listeners who are going, okay, that all sounds good, but you don't know me. You don't know my market. You don't know my business. You don't know my, and that's true. Like we don't know all the nuances of every um, business, but is it fair to say, Brian, that the, the place to start, if you're serious about growing your business is one, recognizing that it is in fact a business. It needs to be treated with yep. that kind of respect. Yep. And two is work on you and your mindsets yep. and your beliefs and the blind yep. spots and barriers. Is that a, is that a fair, like immediate next step? That That's the first step. And to be honest, that decision can be made like right here, right now. You know, the day that I got up off the desk in the studio and I went to the bank to go, you know, get money to do a mailer to grow my business. It was literally in that moment. I was like, I'm going to do something right now. So it takes a long time to get ready. But if, if like, if you have a next step to grow your business, you could do it right. You shut this off and start right now. Like when you're ready, you could start right now. Um, and I think people kind of, you know, hide behind those excuses. And, and let me tell you another story about like the specifics of the business. And I'm going to use you guys, like you guys understood marketing and you came into the dance studio space right and no you don't know all the subtleties but from our conversation i was like no but you know all the nuts and bolts and it's the same so my very first consultant didn't know a darn thing about the dance studio business and i remember him explaining and laying out a, a plan and how much revenue i should make per square foot and i thought no way pal like you don't know the dance business and almost everything that he told me panned out now, there did come a time in the process where we hired a dance studio-specific consultant, someone that came in and worked with the teachers for the subtleties of the, the sales process with dancing, right? That person understood that. But I had done all of this work before I needed that. And my consultants were very, I was thankful for them because they knew that that's what I needed. And they kind of held my toes to the fire to do this <laughs> stuff I didn't want to do, right? And if we have time, we can talk about lifetime customer value and sales process and answering your phone and stuff you need to do on your website. Like all that boring stuff is important before you get down to the, yeah, but in my market, this is slightly different. It is, but that's like the 5% down the end, not the big chunk at the beginning. So all the basic business principles, basic marketing principles, they're all the same. They're, you know, they're the same for the diamond store in town as they are the dance studio. So Brian, we're going to have to have you back because we could, I mean, you know, and I, and we started this conversation going, there's no way we're going to talk about everything that we want to talk no. about because you know, you're, you're, uh, what I appreciate about you, uh, on a personal note is that you, a get this and do really truly approach your business through the lens of, I am a business owner and, um, you bring the viewpoints. I think there's a lot of alignment and just commonality between, uh, or, or between you, myself, and Christian about how we think about yeah. things. Um, yep. But you're articulate with it too. You're able to really distill it down and say, you know, the things that I can't say, because as a non-studio <laughs> owner, yeah. it's tough for me to say, I'm sorry, but that's wrong. Like you're you're getting in your own way. You have a limiting belief here and that's absolute crap, <laughs> but you can say it. And so we're, gonna, we're definitely going to bring you back. Um, 
But we are at the end of our time today. And so, Brian, I do. I just realized that we never even introduced. Where is your studio? Oh, in, we're in Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> and what's it called? What's the name of your studio? Dance Louisville. Dance Louisville. Um, Which gets into some early 2000s uh, SEO right there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about the the web nerding out on the, you know, on the, on the, the stuff that needs to happen. But um, Brian being Dance Louisville, man, it was so great to have you. I'm really really truly a pleasure to 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 chat with a like-minded small business owner who's thinking about how do i really grow how do i really scale up always love you um you are welcome here whenever you'd like thank you bryce and thanks for having me on and thanks for what you guys you and christian are doing because i think it's going to be a big help to uh dance studio owners everywhere so rock on if there's any way i can help i'm always here I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode with Brian B. from Dance Louisville. Hopefully you got something. I know there's a lot here. We will bring him back uh, to unpack this. So if you have any questions and you're watching this, comment on YouTube, comment on Facebook, send us a direct message. We will find ways to bring him back and to go deeper on any topics that we've just barely uh, scratched the surface of. Until then, thanks for listening, and we will see you soon.